Tanya for the second of Tammuz, but first the story. Rebbe Tzinshtenesara, who was the wife of the Rebbe Rishab, she told the following story about, about the, the, the upbringing of the previous Rebbe, her son. And she said one time they were on vacation and her father, the Rebbe Rishab, who was the, who was the Rebbe at the time, um, gave instructions to his young son, the Friedrich Rebbe, to think about Hasidus, to contemplate Hasidus to such a degree that his head should be spinning. And that's, what, that's, that's exactly what he did. He kept on thinking until he felt his head actually spinning. And then there was a room in the vacation location, wherever it was, in her room where there was a couch. And he'd collapse on the couch. And then he would get, um, get energy again and he would start the process again, thinking deeply about Hasidus until he literally felt his head spinning and then he'd collapse again. And she came to the Rebbe Shab and complained, how can you give our young son such a difficult task? This is, this, is, this, is, this is really intense. And so he answered, he said, no, what type of son do you want? It's a very, very powerful story. There's a lot to unpack on that story, but that's, that's the story. The Tanya so far, we're in the middle of chapter nine of Shai Yechud and we're talking about the unity of God. And the, we're, we're trying to uncover the difference between the human condition, the human spectrum, let's call it, of five levels, and God, who it'd be wildly insulting or wildly foolish to, to, to ascribe any of these descriptors onto God being wise, as we're going to say today, being gracious and being kind, all of these things that we talk about ourselves so freely, and in fact, it's a compliment to give to people, giving these types of descriptors to God is both untrue and very foolish. And the question is, well, then why? That's how we left off yesterday. If that's, if that, if that's the, the, the fact that it's ridiculous to use these descriptions of God being kind, we say, God, you're so kind, then why do we bother? Why do the rabbis throw these types of descriptors into the, into the, the davening that we daven? I mean, the Torah, why does the Torah describe God as being, you know, having the 13 attributes, etc.? Those are all descriptions. So descriptions. <laughs> We, as limited human beings, have only the, only a spectrum to deal with. And yes, that spectrum for us is very, very vast. We deal with um, wi um, wisdom, <coughs> then to emotions, then to thought, speech, and action. And so that's a very wide um, um, spectrum to deal with. At the same time, that's all we know. And because it's all we know, Okay, so we say God is high and exalted, and we talk about God's wisdom and it's being at the same level as action. The, but the point is, we say this because this is the highest that we know. So this negative um, 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 reference to wisdom, we say God is so is so great we can't even understand it. We say, well, well hold up, that might actually that might qualify what we're trying to say. Saying that God is really smart, it, it makes no sense. So by saying that God is so so um, is so smart, we don't even understand Him. 
Oh, God is so much beyond our wisdom. God, whatever he is, is beyond our wisdom, which means like we're negatively attributing a greatness to God, is also foolish because it, it's, it's not what we're trying to project. And that's the problem. That's really the, the, what we're trying to get the crux of. We keep projecting ourselves on God. So, so we say, oh, this person is a really good tennis player. God must be a really, really good tennis player. Oh, God must be a thousand times better. We can do that with regular tennis players, a little child compared to an expert tennis player. But when you talk about God, you can't, there's no words to describe and there's no negative um, connotations that you can infer in an opposite way towards God in any form because God is not in the, in the spectrum, in the, in the possible projection of human beings. God is not capturable, if that's a real word. He's not able to be um, described in any form, even in a negative format. Someone said, God is so wise, so, so wise that I can't even understand him. Imagine a person walks into the room and says, you know, I heard a, a speech just now. It was brilliant. It was so smart. You know, it was so smart. I couldn't even touch it with my hands. He will say, well, that's ridiculous. You don't think with your hand. You don't, I'm not able to touch things with your hand. Why are you comparing apples and oranges? What, it's so smart. You can't touch it with your hand. Says on top of this exactly the same analogy as when we try to try to reverse engineer God's wisdom, even in a negative way, saying, you know, it's it's so much beyond what we could even understand. It's not, it's not even within our, our ballpark, but even beyond that, that's like trying to say, I can't touch this wisdom with my hands, or I can touch this with my hands touching has nothing to do with intellect. We're projecting our wisdom to God's wisdom, and that's just an impossibility. And that's why God's wisdom is exactly like action. I feel, which means that there's no way for us to understand at all. We have a spectrum, and our spectrum involves really a big vastness for ourselves. But for God, it's absolutely nothing. I feel even God's um, which um, creates absolutely everything, is entirely on a different. On a, on a on different spectrum from God Himself. And now I'm going to do with the question that we started off with. Wait a second, but you're telling me that God's wisdom is entirely different than our wisdom, and God's uh, is uh, in, everything about God is entirely on no way a projection upwards to talk about God. Well, hold up, we continuously talk about God. So why did the Chachamim add the, about Hashem being wise and Hashem being kind and isn't isn't that a big mistake if we're trying to say that there's no correlation between the two? The actual psukim Hashem is called wise. And then the chachamim, for example, in the davening, will give God the 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 descriptor of being wise. I thought God's wisdom is nothing to do with our wisdom. And this actually comes to a massive distinction that most people don't know about. When they're saying for example, and when they're reading the Pasukim, we say, God is kind. We say, well, okay, I'm kind, and God is three billion times kinder. No. When we say that God is kind, we're not saying that God is kind like we're kind. We're saying God is the source of kindness. Where does kindness that we know come from? It comes from God. 
Is that how kindness is, looks like by God? Absolutely not. We're not saying God is a very gentle, kind person. No. God's so much beyond any form of description we could possibly give him. Anything we give him a description is just foolish. But we say, the kindness that we have right now, where does it come from? It comes from God. The ability that we have to be kind, that ability is, is kind. When we say wisdom, the talking about God's wisdom, we say God is the source of our wisdom. Our wisdom comes from God. And says the actual way of how it works is known to the people that that are experts in Kabbalah. And tomorrow, God willing, in, in the Gimel, the, the tiny Gimel Thomas, we're going to be dealing, do, dealing with a very complicated um, note of the Alter Rebbe on the side of the Tanya that's going to deal with this topic. Thank you so much for joining the Tanya. Tanya is a little interesting. Shalom, I'm going to show you how to pass out of the Sahara, which is a special movement. I'm going to show you how to pass out of the Thank you so much for joining.